want to give a brief, brief devotional this morning. I'm speaking this morning because uh, Pastor Mark had, had not been feeling good. And it's, by the way, Pastor Mark, it's nice to see you here instead of the hospital on this Sunday. And we're thankful that uh, God is touching his body. So for the students that are still here and for those of you that remain, I want to I was seeking out some of the great philosophers of life to to give some advice to our to our graduates. And so I found Seinfeld and uh, this is what Seinfeld has to say about life. It says life is about boxes. You're born into the world in a room that's shaped like a box and they put you in a bed that's shaped like a box. A few days later, they put you in an elevator shaped like a box and you leave the hospital that's shaped like a box and you get in a car that's shaped like a box and you head to your new home, which is shaped like a box. You grow up in a room that's shaped like a box, play in a backyard shaped like a box and a sandbox that is a box. One day you get old enough to go to school and get on a yellow school bus that's shaped like a box and go to a school that's shaped like a box and sit at a desk that is shaped like a box. You look at a chalkboard shaped like a box, read from books shaped like a box, eat on a cafeteria tray that's shaped like a box. And after 12 years of this, you go to an auditorium shaped like a box and listen to a speaker standing behind a podium shaped like a box. You get a diploma shaped like a box. All the while, you're wearing a stupid hat that's shaped like a box. (laughs) Then you get a job, hopefully, so that you can make money that is shaped like a box, so you can buy your own house and car that are shaped like boxes. And then you spend the rest of your life trying to get a bigger, cooler, nicer box until the day you die, and they put you in a box, and then into a hole in the ground that's shaped like a box. We appreciate Seinfeld and his great words of wisdom. This morning, and and my wife, I'm going to tell on her, she just came running up here. She's in the nursery and she goes, you're not preaching this morning now after this, are you? I said, no, no, I had no plans to do that. (laughs) So we're going to have a devotion. And so if you would turn to John 16:13 for our devotional thought this morning. And as you're turning, I want you to know that was precious. I love it when student leaders that have had time to invest in the life of those kids have great things to say and words of encouragement. Every one of us in life needs people that will stand next to us and and speak words of affirmation into our life. That will be significant to them as well as to those who spoke. In John sixteen thirteen, the Scripture says, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. Lord, I pray this morning over these next few moments that You would plant a seed from Your Word in our hearts. Not only do students need guidance, we as your people need the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And I pray that we would yield ourselves to what you want to do in our lives and through us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have any of you ever been lost and afraid to admit it? Only guys probably will raise our hands in this. And then when we get lost, we say, if you'll just give us a little while, we'll figure our way out. Because that's the way it is with us. Well, the Bible puts... This, the fact that we are all, in a sense, spiritually, directionally challenged. 
Because he tells us in Isaiah that we are all like sheep and we've gone astray and that each of us has turned to our own way. And if I have a word today for the graduates particularly and then for the rest of us that would apply, it's this. The Holy Spirit has been sent to be your guide, to be a guide for each of us. And one of the greatest needs that we all have is direction in life and direction about life. And the major purpose for why we are here and the Holy Spirit has, been, has come so that He can give us guidance that we desperately need in order that we might be successful. And there are three things that I would like to identify for each of us that are directionally challenged this morning. The first is that the Spirit of God tells us that we have the promise of a guide. We see within our passage of Scripture this morning that says, but when He, the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide us into all truth. Now, I want you to note carefully that there's the difference here between guidance and a guide. Notice that he said, I will bring you a guide to your life, somebody that will walk alongside of you. And I want you to think for a minute that if you were dropped off in the middle of nowhere and you didn't know where you were, perhaps in an uncharted jungle, and you were given your choice of three tools, you could either have a map or you could have a compass or you could have an experienced guide, which one would you choose? I likely would want to choose the guide. And if you're smart, you would choose a personal guide because you would want somebody who has been there before and knew where they are and knew where they were going. At this past district council, uh, I remember that Jeff and Christian and I were told about a restaurant and we were all going to go to this restaurant and there were people different cars and Jeff typed in the address into his smartphone and we took off and when it said that we had arrived there, we found ourselves in the empty parking lot of a worn-out warehouse district. And we're looking around, and because Jeff was with us, I was not afraid. And we discovered that even the GPS units only work when you know the difference between an avenue and a street. I also remember a time when I was flying into Peru at night, and as the plane is banking to come in, the runway, which we are accustomed to in the United States, being lit up with lights, this was filled with tires that had little fires on the inside of them, and that was what was lighting the runway. I can't tell you how comforting that is. And as we landed, I remember getting off the plane and was so very, very thankful that the missionary was there who knew the way around that land in the darkness and how to get us there. It was better than any map or compass that I've ever had. And my experience is that good guides know something and they're worth trusting and they're worth following. Number one, a good guide knows where they're going. How many of you have ever followed a person that did not know where they were? I have been in more times than I care to count in a line of traffic, generally at a youth event, and we're all following the one person that knows where they're going and then they pull off to the side of the road and they turn around. And there's this convoy of cars that are all turning around. And as the lead person's going by, he doesn't even want to look at the drivers of the other cars because suddenly they recognize this guy did not know where they were going. And when it comes to your life, there's only one guide who can successfully lead you into your tomorrows because there's only one guide that has already seen your tomorrows. And he knows exactly where he wants you to go, and that's the Holy Spirit. Listen carefully. In Psalm 32, 8, it says, I will instruct you and guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch your progress, says the Living Bible. I love that about the Holy Spirit who guides us and advises us and watches us. 
You are never alone when you let the Holy Spirit be your guide. Another thing about good guides is they know who they're leading. Good guides factor in the personalities of the person they're leading and the interests and the capability and the temperaments. Good guides choose the right path at the right place based on the right pace of life for you because they know you. That's the kind of guide the Holy Spirit is. No one knows us better. No one understands your capabilities or your liabilities better than the Holy Spirit who said that I will lead you and guide you. If we're to navigate life successfully, we need to claim, number one, the promise of a guide. Secondly is the process of guidance. We need to know how the Holy Spirit guides us. First of all, you need to be a people of the Word because the Holy Spirit will never guide you outside God's Word. It will always be that He leads you in the Word. In fact, He tells us that He will guide us into all truth. And the truth that He wants to lead you in and guide you in is the Word of God. He will also reveal the Word to you. Every one of us have had opportunities where we've been reading something from the Scripture and it didn't make any sense to us. And I want you to know in moments like that, the best thing that you can do is begin to pray and say, Holy Spirit, this is Your Word. Would You please unlock the truth of it to me so that I can understand how I need to apply this to my life. And the Holy Spirit will do that because He reveals the Word to you. And for those of you that are graduates and those of you that are not, I also want you to understand the Holy Spirit guides you through godly people. I couldn't help but think about that as I was listening to each of these youth sponsors stand with an arm around somebody and talking about the life experience that they've had. And as a result of that, these graduates know the life of these people who are standing next to them and know that they can trust them with the things of their life. Proverbs 11:14 says, Where there's no guidance, the people fall. But in the abundance of counselors, there's victory. Don't ever be too proud to ask people you trust about advice for life. Proverbs 12:15 says the way of a fool is right in his own eyes but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. There are never major decisions in my life that I that I make without asking people that I trust to counsel me on them because I trust them. The Holy Spirit also will guide you through personal promptings. I heard one of the funniest illustrations of this in reading a book by Tony Campolo who was telling that one time he was going to a Pentecostal college where he was going to be speaking. And he says, I'm not a Pentecostal person, but before the chapel service, there was eight people that took me aside in a side room and began, they said they wanted to pray for me. And he said, they laid hands on me. They made me kneel down. He says, they've got their hands on my head and they prayed and they prayed a long time. He said, they prayed so long that they were getting tired and the more tired they got, the more weight they were putting on my head. He says, and I'm going, oh, Lord Jesus, can this prayer end shortly? And he says, and suddenly there was one guy out of the eight that quit praying for me altogether. And he started praying, he said, for somebody I didn't even know. He says, oh, dear Lord, you know Charlie Stoltzfus. You know that he's leaving his wife. You know he's leaving his three kids and he lives right down the road, one mile from the school on the right-hand side in a silver trailer. And he, he says, I'm sitting here listening to this guy praying, going, what in the world does Charlie have to do with my life and preaching this morning? And he says, the more he's praying, the more he's pushing my head down into the floor. He says, finally, they finished that prayer. And he says, by the end of it, he says, I walked in and I preached. And he says, I, I got into my car to leave. And he says, as I'm getting on the turnpike, there was a hitchhiker standing there. He says, now, he says, since I'm a preacher, he says, I know I shouldn't. He says, but I always like getting people in my car that can't go anywhere and have to listen to me. So he stopped and picked up the hitchhiker. And he says, and we're traveling along. And finally, he says, hey, my name's Tony. What's yours? And the guy says, my name's Charlie. He says, Charlie what? Charlie Stoltfus. 
He said, I got off at the next exit and started to turn around. And Charlie's going, well, where are you going? He goes, I'm taking you home. Charlie goes, "Uh, why are you doing that? He goes, because you just left your wife and three kids, didn't you? He said he slid all the way over to the passenger side, leaning against the door. And he's looking at him going, yes. And he says, and then I drove right by the school one mile into the silver trailer, one mile up on the right. Pulled in the driveway, and he says, by now, he couldn't wait to jump out. He says, how did you know where I live? He said, the Holy Spirit told me. He says, now, I want you to go into that house and make things right with your wife. And he said, he gets out, and the door opens, and his wife comes running around, jumps out, and throws her arms around. He goes, thank you for coming back home. And he goes, now, the two of you go sit on the couch. I'm coming in. He said, they sat there and he said, I spent time with them that afternoon and led them both to Christ. Charlie's a pastor in California today because of the prompting of a Holy Spirit. Little did he know that his path would intersect. The Holy Spirit does things like that in our life when we allow him to lead us and guide us. Lastly, we have to participate with the guidance. If we want the Holy Spirit's guidance in every decision and every detail of our life, then we have to do two things. Number one, you have to ask for it. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will not force you to do anything in your life, but He invites you to experience life in that more abundantly if you will allow Him to lead you in life. He won't force you to do anything, but He just invites you. And for those of us that have walked with Christ and for those of us that have a little bit more experience in life than some of the graduates, we can tell you that having gone our own way a few times and hit a dead end, if we had just listened the first time to what the Holy Spirit had to say to us, it would have saved us some problems. So I ask you, graduates, please ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. And secondly, after you ask for it, you have to act on it. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world or be transformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. I'm going to ask our worship team if they would please come. We talk about the guidance of the Holy Spirit for you as graduates. Actually, it applies to every one of us. But specifically for those of you that mentioned that you were about to go to college, I want you to know something. You're about to hear a lot of voices. You're about to hear a lot of voices that are going to tell you they know what they're talking about. But if it's not the Word of God, then they don't know what they're talking about. You're about to enter into a stage of life where people don't care whether you come to class or not as long as you've paid your bill. Your life is going to be what you make it for the most part. So there's going to be a personal application that you need to make. And I want you to know that God has created each of you for a purpose. And if you will let Him lead you and guide you, He promised you a guide. He's shown you the process of guidance and He asked that you would participate in His guidance. And that brings me to all of us today. Perhaps you're here today and you say, you know what? I've been trying to walk this on my own and I really need a guide. 
I need the Holy Spirit to begin to work in my life, to begin to enlighten me in the pathway that I need to go. There's some decisions that I'm facing and I just don't know what to do. Or perhaps you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And today you sense a stirring in your heart. You're just uncomfortable and you don't know how to describe it. We call that the convincing power of the Spirit that's convincing you that you need Him. And I'm going to ask all of you to please stand with me today. We prayed for our graduates this morning. But now maybe you're here today and say, Pastor, I'd, I'd like that prayer personalized for me. If you find yourself today in need of prayer, would you just raise your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to pray for you. Yes. Yes. In fact, I'm going to ask as you keep your hand up, if there's somebody standing near you somewhere, if you would just join in the body of Christ. And men, if you'd put a hand on another man's shoulder, or women, if you'd put a hand on a woman's shoulder, there's some back here in the back, some over here on the side. Just keep your hands up. We're, we are a part of a family here. There's some in the back, too, if you just keep your hands up there. And we're going to seek the Lord for His guidance and direction today. And if you're here today and you've never received Christ as your Savior, and today you recognize, I would like to receive Him, then I want you to know today can be a day that changes your not only your life, but your destiny, your eternal destiny. But let's pray together this morning. Heavenly Father, we were stunned as we looked at how much these students have changed through the years as we were laughing and looking at the, the video that was presented. As we see their physical growth and recognize that they stand here now today as, as very handsome young men and beautiful young ladies, we also recognize that there is a corresponding growth that should take place within our spiritual life as we let you lead us. And Father, there are those today that right now need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. They've raised their hands and have others gathered around them. And we're not here to embarrass them, but we're here to support each other in prayer today. And Lord, I ask that whatever the situation is within their particular life or whatever it is that they are facing that they feel directionless in, I ask that you as the Holy Spirit would lead them and guide them into the truth. That you would surround them with godly advisors. People that they can trust, that know not only them, but know the things of the Lord. And if they don't have those, I pray you would bring them into their life. We ask, Lord God, that we would be people that wouldn't just understand that you were a guide, but that we would yield ourselves and let you lead us and that we would ask for it and that we would act on it after we pray. And we do pray today for our graduates, but I pray for everybody in our church this morning that you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, would help us to yield and the more we trust you, the more you will lead us into a life that is fulfilling and filled with your blessing. So, Father, we pray today for one another and we give you glory and honor. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, Amen.